Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Uh, for us today, 
but uh, I guess I guess it's uh, running late. If you want to participate or call in, the number is 347-989-0180 and press 1. And then you will be, uh, you can ask uh, any questions. <clears throat> what I'd like to discuss today, the subject for today is gang violence. They said the statistics are 100% of urban areas in the United States of America have gained violence. 100%. Not some, not most, not many, but all cities in the United States have a problem with gang violence. Also, there are suburbia areas that have issues with gang violence. This is a phenomenon that we have to deal with. And this is an issue that has been plaguing our communities for decades, especially in cities such as Chicago. In fact, in Chicago, the first week of the year had 50 homicides, gang-related, 50 gang-related homicides. In the first week of the year. That's 50 black boys. That's 50 black boys that have potential of becoming productive young men in our country. But now they are no longer. And this is a problem that's been going on, like I said, for decades. But in the 90s, late 80s or early 90s, there was a rise in the population of gangs, a rise in membership of gangs. And there are two reasons. There are two reasons why a person, a young person, would join a gang. There are two reasons. Not there are more than two reasons, but there there are many uh, reasons why a person would join a gang. Because you would ask, why would somebody join something something of that nature? Right, you know. And uh, I just want to give a little bit of statistics. Uh, oh, I think our guests have just arrived. Is this Miss Gatlin? Yes, it is. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Black Urban America. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I was just ready. I was just about to uh, 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 lecture or give some statistics to our audience or people that are uh, downloading, will be downloading the show. And uh, I just want to read off uh, some statistics, some alarming statistics. I just uh, read off one when I said that in all of the cities in the United States, 
100% of the cities of the United States have gang violence. Also, there are 250,000 gangs. Wow. A quarter of a million gangs from West Coast to East Coast, from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, 31% of the gangs in America are African American. We have the second highest membership in gangs in America. The only other culture that beat us out in this statistics are Latinos, our brown brothers and sisters. And you want to know how much gang violence costs America? One hundred and billion, not million, one hundred billion dollars. Gang violence cost us a hundred billion dollars in our community. And in your state, Miss Gatlin, there are two hundred and forty four gangs. Two hundred and forty four gangs and over one thousand subsets. There are there are five hundred and sixty four towns in the state of New Jersey that have gang gang related violence. So uh first before we go into the interview, why don't you introduce um, introduce yourself to America? Who is Miss Catlin? Yes. My name is Kendra Gatling. I'm owner and founder of Gatlin Bookkeeping Services. I live in Essex County, New Jersey, where there is um, a high saturation of gangs, high saturation of gang violence, many murders in our area. And I have two sons, altogether three children. But um, this really drives home to me because it's, male and female that are in gangs and are in gang activity. And everybody's saying we gotta we have to do something about it. We have to do something about it. But nobody wants to take the first step. So well, that's why I'm taking I'm taking the first step, I'm taking the initiative to see exactly what's going on, why does this exist, what's going on with this culture and how we can get our children back. Let me ask you something, Ms. Gatlin. Do you have any experience uh, of the gang culture? Somewhat. In my younger years, um, I ran around with the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not proud of it, but I did hang around with the wrong crowd, and I did some very foul things um, to be accepted. And I think that's part of the problem. We as black and brown people have adapted a culture where negativity and doing negative things has been applauded, glamorized, and glorified. And I know it's not going to be overnight, but we need to start the gradual change of that. As a, as a people, it can't be just one person. It takes all of us. Every single last one of us. 
Well, let me ask you this. Why do people join and get Well, first of all, uh, thank you for being so open about your past involvement in the gang culture. Uh, I, I want to ask you a two-part question, okay, and which the questions are similar. One is personal and one is more general. The first question is, why do people, why do young folks, because the average age of a person joining the gang that I read is, and from what I've seen, I also is from New Jersey. I don't live there anymore, but I also is from New Jersey. And I personally, uh, where I lived, I had a little run-in with the Crips. And um, I don't, I'm not going to say it was scary or intimidating or anything. It's just that we wanted it out of our block. You know, uh, so why do... No, yeah, the average age of gang membership is the age of 13, as young as 13. was young, but I guess by time you get that age, you're probably doing some time or you're dead. So uh, I want to know, why do young people want to join gangs? And the second part of the question, why did you? The first part of the question is many reasons. Um, Some are forced into it meaning that they want to recruit them, and if that child turns them down, they'll jump them every day, or they'll beat on them every day and force them to. Sometimes um, the child is going through puberty and is at odds with the parents at home or don't feel that acceptance because mom and dad is too busy working, paying the bills, and not really paying attention to the the time being spent or lack thereof with that child because they're so busy working and making sure that the ends are meeting. So they look outward for um, for other, you know, to, to be initiated into a family-like environment or what they think is a family-like environment. Um, you have children, you know, being introduced to things, drugs, alcohol, Things the parents are telling them to stay away from, but they're curious about. So they go to these these members, and that's how they get them in, through the drugs and the alcohol. They can get them this, they can get them that. Um, like I said before, with, you know, with our culture glorifies negative activities. So they see, oh, well, you know, this guy, he got all the girls, he got the cars, he got money, and it's fast and easy rather than um, looking up to someone who, you know, has a quote-unquote square job and is, you know, working very hard to make ends meet. There's the temptation right there. It's easy, fast money that they're getting. They got all the girls. Everybody loves them. You know, they don't really see the flip side of that when they're sitting in prison for, you know, a couple of decades and nobody's visiting them and nobody's writing you know, um, it's as far as me, 
I never was initiated into a gang, but I hung out with gang members. So I've seen so much, and then it got to a point where I said, this is not the life I want because I've seen people go away. I've seen people go away for, you know, 25 years, 30 years, 99 years even. They're never coming home. Nobody like goes to visit them. Nobody says care factors. They're never going. They're never coming home. So I've seen both sides of it, and it's, I just, you know, I just want to wake the youth up, not just our children, but our young adults as well, those that feel like they don't have a way out, because once you're in, there's no getting out. You know, it's, like it's the very mob. hard. Yeah. yeah, it's very hard because you, especially when you get to a certain rank, you know too much, and they gotta they gotta get rid of you. And it's sort of lot. It's 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 just it's a it's a really delicate situation. You know, a lot of people don't want to be in it, but they just they don't see any other way out. They don't they don't see themselves making it out alive. So it's a very delicate situation. Um, a lot of these neighborhoods don't have activities for our youth to be in. They have camps up until the age of 13. After summer camp, I mean, after the, and once you turn 13, there's no more summer camp. It's hard enough for adults out here to find jobs. So it's very hard for the children once they turn 14 or whatever age it is in the state where they can work during the summer to gain that summer employment where they have other things to do. So that's yeah, why well, I was saying that it takes all of us as a community to keep their minds busy instead of idle because if it's idle, it's going to fall in the wrong – if their brains are idle, it's going to fall in the wrong hand. Miss um, Gatling, we already have a call. Okay. What is your name and where you're from? Uh, uh, and welcome to Black Urban America. Hey there, this is Jimmy Spice Curry calling from Chile, New York. Uh, thank you for hey, taking my call. Hey, what's up, man? We are here freezing our tushes off, but it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that snowstorm y'all had last week was something else. Yeah, I thought I thought there was a real Santa. I saw so much snow. <laughs> um, what is your question? Um, well, a comment regarding the state of our young people, I think, and I said something um, on another show related, that they are a part of a system that is based on the enslavement of people, the theft of land, etc. So our young people are emulating the American dream, which is don't work, have your money work for you, have your slaves work for you, Get easy money, get paid. Um, I'm not justifying their conclusion, but I'm just suggesting that it's not abnormal for a young person that has few opportunities to take the wrong path. I think much of the responsibility is also on our black, Moorish, African community where our adults are so busy often, you know, pursuing other stuff that they don't step up for the young people. I see um, gangs can get more members than we can get young people to do positive. So it shows us, I think, that we, the adults, me, all of us, kind of a failing. And so our children are just the strange fruit hanging from the trees and the Internet. 
Well, let me just ask you this, Jimmy. Uh, uh, you take most of it is economic economic reason. How about the violence? I mean, I can understand the economic reason getting into illegal activities where there's free options or you know, lack of skills and lack of education. But how about the violent part? How about the terror, terror, terrorizing part of it? Do you mind if I comment briefly? I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I'm asking you, yeah. Yeah, I think that there's two responses. One is that in the street life, violence is an inherent part of it. If you're slinging drugs or if you're, you know, in a gang, it's not a peaceful lifestyle. So it's almost like being in the military. You don't join the military and expect not to have to, you know, bust a cap once in a while. I also think that another factor that plays in is our young people are angry. Not all, but many of them are very angry. They know something is wrong. Their father may not be around. He may be dead or in jail. The mother's working two or three part-time jobs. They're on food stamps. They're struggling. And they see the politicians and the big celebrities living it up. And they don't know their culture. They don't know who they are. They think their history started maybe with Tupac, the rapper. No diss to Tupac, but, you know, we had James Brown. We had the 400 years ago, we had Kemet Egypt. We had Nubia. We had the original Jews, etc. So it, it's very, um, I kind of empathize with them, even though I don't agree with the conclusion from country. But um, it, it's a tough call for our young people. Ms. Gallen, what do you have to say about uh, with the brother's comments? I totally agree. All our lives in school, what did they teach us? The first thing they taught us about ourselves was that we were slaves. They never told us that we were, they never taught us the truth. They never taught us that we weren't slaves but captured freemen. They never taught us that we were kings, queens, pharaohs, and Pharisees. They never taught that to us. Also, like you know, like he said, being in a gang is like being in the military. You have ranks, you have jobs to do missions to go on, and and you will you will shoot a gun and you will kill someone. You will hurt someone very seriously, and it's not going to happen once in a while. It's going to happen quite often. Um, even to the and then on top of that, the orders that you have to follow cannot be questioned. And if you don't carry those orders out, then those orders will be carried out on you. So you have a, a culture of fear. Once you get in, these children are doing all of these things because they're afraid. They're going into the gangs because they're afraid for the protection, for the, um, the, the, the seeking brotherhood amongst each other, seeking sisterhood amongst each other, and... Um, it's starting off from a negative place. How it became for how it came to be a negative place is where we need to get to the root of changing it back to the uh, the origin, because the, uh, most of these gangs, such as the Bloods, the Crips, when you look into their norms and their rules, when you look into the notebooks and you look into their books, it didn't start off that way. It was yeah. meant to protect us. It was meant to protect our community from the police brutality that was going on. So somehow we lost our way. Thank you. Go ahead, so Ms. Gavin. Yes, yeah, somehow we lost our way. 
somehow we lost our way and started to emulate the same violence that was bestowed upon us since we came over here in the slave ship or since they snapped us up while we were over here because there were Africans over here prior to the Columbus days and the colonization days. But they won't tell us that. They won't teach our children that. They didn't teach it to us. We have to really get down to the actual core of what this violence is, where did we learn it from, because this is an instinct. This is learned culture. Well, let me ask you this. Why so young? I mean, for what you describe, sound like an adult, uh, adult phenomenon. Why so young, like 12 or 13 years old? before a kid could really enjoy his adolescent years? Well, it seems young to us. To us, it seems like they're still babies. But biologically speaking, that is around the time when girls and boys start to become biologically of child-rearing age. So they're going through puberty. Their hormones are going crazy. They're big enough to be you know, to be considered an adult biologically. And this is when it all happens. Their hormones are going. They they start making crazy decisions, and this is the time to get them. When they're big enough to, you know, in layman's terms, square off with adults and other people out here in the neighborhood. And speaking of squaring off, Speaking of squaring off, you know, like why? Uh, uh, and 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 I, I, from afar, and this is observation from afar. And since you your uh, once was involved in it, what? Well, well, why so? Why so violent? You know, like you said, uh, uh, in the beginning, bylaws of most gangs. The historical bylaws. It was formulated or started as protecting their own, protecting their neighbors, protecting their community, protecting their community. And that was like their turf. And they didn't want anyone coming in the community disrupting the 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 life of the community. Why? Did they change or from protectors to intimidators? Why so that's far? A million, that's a million-dollar question. They went Can from you? defense to offense because then, they, because then they needed an avenue to generate money. Everything happens with money. If that's how it is in this world. If you have no money, you can't make things happen. They needed to generate money. How did they generate that money? Through the guns, through the drugs. And that culture blended in with the gang culture. That made it, uh, that lifestyle is very violent because you're going to have snakes everywhere. You're going to have, um, and you're going to have to, you're going to have to do things that you, that is against your very nature to do, which is to be violent. And um, and intimidate, you use violence to intimidate so that no one will try you. 
if someone knows that you're going to react in a violent manner or if someone knows that you're going to initiate violence, they think twice about messing with you and anybody that you're with. So why did the gangs, why did the gangs pick drugs and guns instead of starting some little businesses or anything? Well, like I said before, because the drug dealers have the fast, easy money. It's a way to generate easy money in a very fast manner. Not only that, the drugs were already being pumped into our neighborhood. So in a twisted way, it was a it was a way of seeking out control, control of the negativity that was coming into our neighborhoods. None of none of our none of our um, none of our, our our young men and boys have boats or helicopters or planes to bring the products over here. Right. They're being right. brought over here by somebody, though. <laughs> They're being That's brought over here. That's another subject of the show. That's another show. Yes. Definitely another show, but once um, they're over here, once they're over here, they have no. They're, they're seeing all these. They're seeing how quick and easy the money's coming, and that's what they go for. They rather, you know, like the brother said, it's about having your money work for you. That's what they see on the on the TV. That's what they see, you know, with the politicians. That's how they see the celebrities doing it. I remember asking my grandmother about the stories. I said, everybody's so rich that nobody goes to work. They said, because their money works for them. Ms. Gatlin, how delicate, how delicate is the gang culture in black America? Mm. You said, I'm just using your words. You said it's a delicate situation. How delicate is the gang culture in black America? Because it's so, it's very delicate. It's very intricate. You have to, if you're, once you're in, you're in. There is no getting out. The only way to get out is in a coffin. Period. That's the only way to get out, is in a coffin. Um, you have our young boys, our young men, they want to get out. They seek a better way, but it's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's a revolving door. They can't get out. Why? Because that's their only means of income. If they have a better way of income, then they can get out. Once, um, say he's a young man, he goes to school and everything, but he's still banging. Well, he runs the risk of going to jail, his way out. You know, because he can just be non-active and choose not to hang with the same people at some point in life. But that is that is very hard to do. It's very hard to get out of the cycle. You need money to, in order to make things happen. That is a, a that um that lifestyle gives you the money to make things happen. Now you're having the money, and you're used to getting this fast money, and it becomes a habit to you. It becomes a culture and a lifestyle. It's very hard to change your lifestyle. Then once you're out, now you have, especially if you're up in the ranks, you've done a lot of dirt. You know a lot of dirt. Now it becomes an issue with are you going to tell the police now that you're out? Are you going to snitch on the homies, as they say, now that you're out? 
And then you have people that want to stop you from doing that because you've changed your ways. And um, it's a, I mean, it's a lifestyle. It's a culture. It's a very delicate situation because you're changing the mindset. You know, the lifestyle starts with a mindset. You're changing a mindset. It's very delicate. You're dealing with, you know, killers on an everyday basis, thieves, pimps, prostitutes. That whole lifestyle and then you're changing for a better way is a very delicate situation because you have all these people looking at you now as if you're an enemy. Well, you're not. You're just trying to change your life. Let me and ask it's a you delicate, this. Especially if they know where your family lives. I mean, it gets dirty. You know, if they know where your family is and your family is in danger, it, it's, it's, a, that, it's a very delicate situation because it's but not just about I you. Thought- I thought civilians was uh, was was uh, I thought civilians were were not involved. I thought civilians was were, were, were the uh, the gangs are not supposed to uh, uh, bother uh, 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 squares or civilians. They're not, but they will if they have to. If they can't get to you, then they'll get to the person nearest to you. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah, that's delicate. Let me move the let me move the questioning, you know, uh, towards uh, another part of the gang culture, and that is the family. The, uh, you just spoke of it uh, of the family. Uh, uh, when a gang member goes to jail, how is the family affected? The family is affected just as much as the person that's sitting in jail, and this is for any. Any, not just gang, any type of incarceration. It affects the family. I would say the person that's incarcerated is affected 100%. The family is affected at least 80 to 95%. Wow. You separated that family. You separated that family. Now they're missing their loved ones. They have to go and see that person in a cage. Just the whole process of visiting someone in in prison, they um the the staff, the COs, and everybody there treats you as if you're the inmate as well, and it makes it, it, it it's an actual living hell on earth. How so? Because when you go there, you're taking off everything. Certain things that you have to wear. If you don't, if you um, if you don't have you got to make sure you're on point and know what, what can be allowed to wear, what cannot be allowed to wear, because if you don't, you go there all, you go there all that way. Usually it's far away from where you live. You have to pay a lot of money in order to get there, transportation costs. Um, then once you get there, if you're not wearing something that is um, in sync with the rules, then you won't, you won't see your loved one that day. Um, if something happens to that loved one, they got in trouble, they're in the hole, you go all the way out there, you won't know until you get there. They don't have to tell you anything until you get there. They say, oh, that person's not, that person's in um, in solitary confinement. That person does, is not allowed to have visitation. Well, that person got written up. They're not allowed to have visitation. Um, write in that person. You write that person their, their mail is opened up before before it even gets to them. And when they send letters out, they check the mail on the way out. A lot of prisons, they don't even allow care packages. They just have to eat that, that prison food there. 
it used to be where it used to be a time where you could bring you know care packages, home cooked food, and things of that nature. Give them some some type of comfort of home. A lot right. of places that's no longer allowed. Well, let me ask you this, Miss Gatlin. Um, or I will give you a scenario. You have a father that's a gang member. He has a son. What's the probability of that son? Hey, I know while grown, while the son is growing up, he's going to witness certain behaviors that might not be appropriate. What What is the percentage of that son also becoming a second, a second okay. generation, a second generation gang member? I don't know the exact score on that, but due to my experience, I would say like 60 to 75 percent. Wow, that's kind of high. So what you're you're saying is that what you're saying is that if a child, if a child grows up in a family where the parents are gang members, He's going to see, he is, they are going to see, or do you feel, are they going to witness certain behaviors? Well, this is the thing. I would say 50-50 chance, but Mm -hmm. what brings it up to 60 to 75% is that that child himself is already already, um, exhibiting those same behaviors. Wow. Because okay. if he's already exhibiting those same behaviors, that he's accepted that culture as normal, and he's accepted that culture as acceptable. But you can have some children that say, you know what, I've seen this, that, and the third, and I don't want that in my life. I can't do anything about it right now because I'm still a child, but as soon as I get old enough, I'm going to go away and leave it all behind. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, how can a parent recognize their child you know, and I'm changing the language. Uh, 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 I'm changing the language uh, 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 of the question because what you said early, boys and girls are gang members. A lot of people feel that is a male society. Um, and I'm going to ask you another question about the females in gangs. But mm-hmm. how can how can a parent recognize their child, male and female, that they evolve in a gang culture. They, uh, well, you just have to pay attention. The friends that they keep, you know, what type of friends do they have? Do they have the type of friends that are, you know, out in the street? Um, the type of what type of family do, do their, uh, does their friends come from? What is the culture that they're dealing with at home? Um, you also have to see like. Okay, what type of um, clothing are they starting to wear? If you, when you take your children shopping, ask them, you know, what type of clothes they want. Be mindful of the type of clothes they pick out. Are they all a uniform color? Are they all a set pattern? Um, you know, are they all are all the clothes like a certain you know color sequence? Um, you know, the change of friends, the change of the circle of friends a change in their wardrobe, um, a decrease in grades and attendance, um, 
also, also in certain areas, in certain cities, there are certain areas that they can't go, but the pound could go. You know, uh, uh, but there's certain areas. If a child resisted from is resisting of going into that area, is that a sign? Yes, it is. If the child is resistant of going into a particular area of a neighborhood, that is definitely a red flag. Why so? Because um, there's turf. You know, certain gangs have certain turf, and their rival gang may be on that in that particular neighborhood that the child is so is so um, adamant about staying out of. Now, I got to ask you a quick question because time is running out. Um, uh, hey, you know what, Miss Gatling? I'm not even finished with my question, so you have to come back. Um, yes. Uh, what is a subset of a gang? Subset is smaller group within a set. You know, um, you have, you know, you have... So, like with the Blood Gang, the subset would be Pyru. Crip Gang, subset would be Hoover or Rolling Sixty. You know, that's the subset. Is uh, are there subsets in New Jersey? Yes, many. And the subsets in New Jersey, you have subsets that are beefing with each other, killing each other, and they're part of the same gang, and it's very confusing. So, it's very confusing, very scary. Well, let me ask you this. Are there rules and laws in the game? Yeah, there are, there are rules and laws. There are many rules and laws. There, there are rules and laws, and if they're broken, they're supposed to be dealt with accordingly. But if, if the thing is, if the big homie says to do it, then you have to do it, no questions asked. And if you're um, going against the laws, you know, aka also known as uh, set tripping, you could be held account- accountable and you could be held responsible and you can um, be disciplined. Okay, final question before we leave. For uh, before we leave, um, what is what? what <laughs> And this is like, I, I don't think we have enough time to respond to this question. You know, uh, how can we change the mindset of a young person of leaving the game or prevent them from joining the game quickly? We have to give them that positive involvement. We have to spend time with them. Make sure that the bills are paid. Make sure they have what they need and then spend time with them and do things with them. We have to come together as a community and brainstorm and have ways where they can spend their time in a positive manner outside of school. Okay. Well, I want to thank you, Ms. Gatling, uh, for joining us today. And like I said, you know, there are more more uh, uh, questions that, that I like to ask of you. And, um, and I will be calling in a couple of weeks to invite you back to the show. And I thank, thank you, you so much. Sarah. Yes, I've had a I've had a pleasure being on this show. 
Thank you very much. I love this radio station, and we we just need to keep it on and keep talking about this because that's the only way that the um, problems within our community is going to be solved. We have to solve those problems ourselves. No one else is interested. Okay. Thank you, and have a good week. Thank you, too. Enjoy your week. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Bye. That's it for this week. I would just like to say this. She's right. We have to do something about this problem. I mean, it's affecting the youth. It's affecting the family. It's affecting the children and the community. So, and also it's affected our development. So that's, uh, if you have a gay problem in your neighborhood, y'all need to organize and start networking and coming up with some solutions. And with that, that's another week. Tune in on Thursday morning for Superior Power of Black America with uh, uh, Monique and Dow Freeman. As usual, I am. Because we are, we are. Because I am. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.